Well, good morning. Awesome. We are in our six weeks of this series, Guardians of the Family. And if you're here today or you're listening, watching live online or a pre-recorded service, we want to say welcome. And also, we want to say this. If you are part of a family, which most of us are, I would imagine, whether you have one, you're creating one, or you're not there yet, or you're a part of one. Obviously, you, you are part of a family. If you are, your family's far, far away, you have a family here at, in Emerson with Lake Point Church. But with all of that, we are all family members who try to guard the enemy from coming in and infiltrating uh, who we are and who we're trying to be as we follow after Christ and after, after God's calling on our life. And so this series, that's what this series is really all about, uh, trying to guard our families from those things that try to come in and, and harm us. And uh, just as a really quick recap, week one was all about invitations. And the bottom line of that, the, the key phrase of that was invitations are more powerful than invasions. Sometimes the very things you're trying to uh, guard against, uh, you invite. And, um, and you, can, you know you have invited something into your life, into your home, um, that can harm your family when you have to hide it when you have to bury it, as we saw in the story of Achan in the book of Joshua. In week two, we talked about being a maverick. Sometimes when things go bad or things are embarrassing in your family, the first thing you do is just you just kind of walk away, and and that's the last thing we should do. It's like, oh, we're going to be okay. We'll just maverick it out a little bit. We'll kind of do things on our own. We're going to be just fine. And uh, guardians uh, of the family are not mavericks who do things on their own when, when time gets tough. They surround themselves with other people in the church who can help them. Week three, we talked about marriage and the first line of defense. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're not united, then you are divided. And your kids, if your kids see you're passionate and unified, the two shall become one flesh, the unified love that you both have for God as the main reason for guarding your family, then they will see the integrity of your mission and respect your decision. In week four, we talked about filters, setting up filters. I, I love all kinds of gadgets uh, and, and are around our house and uh, setting up all these filters and all these things, and that's cool and all, and God even told me, you know, Frank, that's really cute, but really, it all boils down to this. Are you teaching your, your kids to, to love me, to follow after me, because I am the ultimate filter? You know, there's gonna come a day when your kids aren't gonna be around, and so your goal is to raise kids who love Jesus so much that a world with no filters will not cause them to stray because they're going to be surrounded and even there they are in in various areas and in, in uh friends and in school and they they do have no filters there there are areas in their life where they have no filters and so but one day they're going to be able to make all of their choices on their own so the ultimate filter is jesus christ and their love for him last week we talked about the real enemy you know there's so much fighting going on in our families and it even happens in our home. We're like, we're like after this kid or this kid, or, and, and we're just, we feel like we're fighting them, but really, in all essence, it's, the, it's a different kind of enemy. You're not fighting your family members. 
If you are in a place where you're fighting your spouse or fighting your kids, you need to understand this. There is another enemy who is bringing weapons against your family because he hates your family, especially if you're trying to keep your family in church. The enemy hates that. Weapons like deception, distractions, discouragement, and doubt. We talked about all those last week. And you can use your spiritual weapons of God's word, prayer, the name of Jesus, and the word of your testimony. We talked about all those things. It's all about trying to understand the real enemy and the weapons he tries to use. Well, this week, I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about, as I close this series, guarding your family through finances. Guarding your family through finances. And uh, in this series, or in this sermon today, it's... um, it's not just all about how much money you have. You know, uh, I see people who don't have much money at all who do a great job of guarding their family on a spiritual level. And I see people who, who have lots of, lots of money, more money than I could count, who continue to guard their family and do it well. So it's not really about how much money you have, and it's not about the money in your account, it's about how you account for your money. So it's not about the money in your account, it's about how you account for your money. And so our American culture tells us to guard our families by getting rich. That's what, that's what American culture is about. It, we tell Our culture tells us, look, you you need to guard your family by getting rich, by getting as much money as you can, because then they're going to be set for life. They're going to have things. They're they're not going to worry about things. Now, understand this. Um, It's a good thing to invest, absolutely. It's a good thing to set up a a college fund or to uh, have an emergency fund or to establish a budget, not going to debt, all of those things. So I'm not talking about manage your, your money. I'm asking you, how does your money manage you? How does your money manage you? Does it, does it control you? Does it make you want more? Does it bring worry and stress in your life? Well, today's main point, here's what we're gonna walk away with today. Guarding your family is not about getting rich, it's about being rich. Guarding your family is not about getting rich, it's about being rich. And so we're going to look at the book of 1 Timothy, we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you have your copy of God's word, you could turn to that. If you're watching online, we'll have those scriptures on the screen. Obviously, we'll have the scriptures on the screen live in the service as well. We also have our church app, and uh, there's information on how to uh, download that and use it, and you can go to the the notes um, uh, section, and you will find Guardians of the Family, um, volume 6, which is what today's uh, service is, sermon is, and it's called Be Rich. And so we encourage you to follow along. You can make notes through that app. But again, guarding your family is not about getting rich, it's about being rich. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
Uh, Paul, and really, not just in chapter six, but Paul's writing a letter to young Timothy who is in Ephesus, and he's writing him, warning him about uh, people who uh, are promoting false doctrines. And so he, he's, he's telling Timothy, look, you gotta watch out uh, for these things um, because he provides character traits that often mark those who promote false doctrines. And one of those uh, deals with finances. In fact, Paul tells Timothy that those false teachers say that godliness is a means to financial gain. They teach that. Godliness is a means to financial gain. We, we see that in, in, in the church today. In many churches, they preach that. We don't preach that here at Lake Point Church. So we're gonna be in 1 Timothy chapter six. Uh, we're gonna read um, just a few verses here, and uh, we're gonna be in verse six through 10, 1 Timothy six. It says this, but godliness, so he just said, as I said, godliness will bring about financial gain. That's what the false teachers teach. But Paul says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we could take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich, there's a key words, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Everybody say ruin. Everybody say destruction. Those are bad words. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So there is a pain in getting rich. There is a pain in getting rich. If our children leave our home with an emphasis on getting rich, they will pay a huge price. Again, you're guarding your family by helping them understand this. It's all there in verse nine. It says there, ruin and destruction. Await your kids if they leave home with an emphasis of getting rich. You know, they will, they will be all alone while facing huge temptations and traps that will cause them great harm. That's what it says in that passage. And so if you knew something was going on with your child, if you know that your kids, even now, are, could potentially face a lot of temptations and destruction, then you would do everything you can to guard them from that. Whether they're in your home now, or whether you're an empty nester, and you've got kids who are now doing their own life, you want to do everything you can to guard them against that, of walking down that path. You can guard them. And so, but how do, how do, we, how do we do the opposite? How do we not guard our kids? How do, we, how do we promote this ideology that you need to get rich in, in, in order to guard your family? Well, we, we say things like this. You need to go to college so you can make some good money. Or we say, to, to, uh, if, if you have a girl in your, in your home, you need to meet a young man who is pursuing a degree that will result in financial success. Now, Please understand me. I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't 
encourage your kids to go to college. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying you can't encourage your kids to do well, to be successful in whatever field they're in, whether they went to college or they went and did a trade. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying this, that getting rich should never be the motive. It's not about getting rich. That will only lead to destruction. You want to guard your family against that destruction. It will most likely cause them to wander from the faith you instilled in your home, as it says in verse 10. The love of money is going to, is going to help them wander away from the faith. You want to keep your kids you want to keep your kids close to the faith as possible with, with, uh, with what is taught in the church. If they've accepted Christ, you, want, you don't want them to lose that faith. And so it's not about getting rich. So much like there's pain in getting rich, there's great gain in being rich. There's pain in getting rich, but there's gain in being rich. And we see this in verses 17 through 19 of that same chapter, 1 Timothy 6. It says this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich. There's our key words. To be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So Paul instructs us, to be rich. How are we to be rich? It says it right there. We need to do good with our money. We need to do good with them. He didn't say you have to be rich. To, you have to have a lot of money to do good with your money. Just with what you have. Okay? It's not about, again, it's not about how much money is in your account. It's about how you account for your money. So Paul's, Paul tells us to do good deeds to be generous and be willing to share. So to be rich in doing good deeds means that our good deeds or works need to be in abundance. To be generous is to show the heart of God. I, I love this in 1 John chapter 3, 17 through 18. It says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Being generous and sharing with others is not an option if God is in your life. If we guard our family from destruction by emphasizing the importance of being rich rather than getting rich, then they will gain the life their spirit longs. We see that in verse 19. You know, when, you're, when your family's generous, you're investing in heavenly rewards. When we invest in God's work, we're investing in the work of heaven. So our giving to the Lord helps to spread the good news of hope 
through Jesus Christ and salvation. When we are generous, we also gain a life that is truly living. And you want your kids to have a good life. You long for your kids to have a good life. I think that's one reason why in our American culture, we focus on getting rich. Why? So they can be set up for life. So they can have a good life. According to God's word, that's not how you have a good life. They may have money, but there's so much more to money, I mean to life than money. There's so much more. And so the Bible says, if you want to have life, it's not about getting rich, it's about, it's about being rich. It's about being rich. What you do with your money, how you're, how you're generous. And, and you, will have, you will have new life, you will have the life that God is trying to help you to, to live. God wants your kids to have a life worth living. So stop putting pressure on your kids to, to get rich. Stop putting pressure on your kids to get rich. Now, financially independent, yes, amen, hallelujah, from a father who has six, has six kids, Yes, we want them to be financially independent. Yes, but it's not about the stress of getting rich. If they learn to be rich, like God is generous, they learn to be generous like God is, then God's gonna take good care of them. So what does it look like to be generous? What does it look like to be generous? When you and I are generous, it, it it makes us look like God, not a God. It makes us look like in the image of God. God created us in his image. That's the beginning of this book. God created us in his image. You ever taken your hand and, and a piece of paper? I used to do this as a kid. And you take a, a crayon, you know, or, or a pencil or a pen, and you just trace your hand on that piece of paper. And you can kind of make some things with that, you know, Make a turkey, make you know all kinds of weird things, whatever, a tree, whatever. But in all essence, it's your hand. It's a trace of your hand. Just like that, you and I are, are in the shape or the trace of God. You and I are the outline of the image of God. And God, who is, who is a, a generous God, and we are the exact tracing we are made to imitate his character. We are made to imitate his character. So if he is an extravagant, generous God, then we are to be extravagantly generous as well. Giving makes us look like God. And people that are unbelievers, they see that and they say, why would they, why would they be so generous? Because of God who lives in us. And, and there are lots of people who don't follow Christ. There's lots of people who are generous. You, you probably have heard stories of, of rich billionaires who you look at their life, you're like, mm, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure if they're a believer. But man, they give a lot of money. You know what they're doing? Their, their, their spirit is trying to be in the image of God. They're traced in the outline in the image of God. And that's all they're doing. Okay? They're made to do that. Their, their spirit longs to do that. And, and they're just 
They're just doing that. And so we, as believers, it, it's really something that, that we ought to do automatically. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, then you have to realize that, yeah, you can give and not be a Christ follower. You can. You can give and not be a Christ follower. But listen, you can't follow Christ and not give. You can't. You can't say, I'm a Christ follower. I believe in Jesus. I live for him. Not only are you in the outline of God, in the image of God, but God, you're saying God lives inside you. And so if God lives inside you, the generosity is going to be exploding out of you. You don't worry about getting rich. You focus on being rich. God takes care of everything else. He does. He takes care of everything else. His economy and our, our economy are way different. So let me say that last phrase again. You know, you, you can give and not be a Christ follower. A lot of people do. But you can't follow Christ and not give. It just doesn't work. God established a way for believers to walk in generosity. Trust and obedience. He provided the way. That way is through his church, his bride. And so as you and I become rich through the image of Christ, and as generosity spills out, then that giving is through the local church. I've said this time and time again. Look, God's going to take care of, of his church. Trust me. God is, God is going to take care of Lake, Lake Point Church. You've heard me say all the time, we don't, we don't give to a budget. We give to a Savior. I want you to make sure you understand that. And so when, when you and I give, when you and I are generous to God through the church, we become like him. In his image, we show who lives inside us. And parents, when we teach our kids, when we teach our kids to be generous now, then they're going to do more of that later on. If your kid has a job, encourage them to give. Encourage them to give. You know, I've had, I've had uh, we've had several of our kids who, who have worked jobs you know, Chick-fil-A or Lake Point Sports or working with, uh, with people in our church who have businesses. You know, and, and, and I love all the, and, and I don't know all the money that they give towards this. I mean, they, they'll say, hey, I gave something, and that's great. But I love when they, when they tell me, because I'm like, yes, it's working. Generosity is working. They are slowly but surely, surely being rich not getting rich. And I love, like this past summer, uh, one of our sons, Lawson, he, he was able to, uh, to work with Kyle Griswold, who has a great landscaping company, and he worked hard. Lawson's our hardest worker in our family, amen. And so he, uh, he was uh, working with, with Kyle in the heat of the summer, and he 
got paid you know, some, some good money through uh, just you know, being a good worker. He got you know, some ladies, uh, old ladies, like gave him extra tips you know, for uh, working hard. And, and he, he told me, he goes, you know what I'm going to do? I, I got all this money. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tithe this. I'm going to tithe 10%. So he got the calculator trying to figure out what is, what's 10% you know, of this. And I love that. And so, but we need to do everything we can. We tell our kids, there, there's, we, there's no question if we're going to give or not. We're going to give because Christ first loved us and gave himself up for us. He gave to us salvation. But more importantly, God lives inside us. And so we have to give as we are making in the image of God. So when you and I give to the church, that message of salvation is brought through. Lives are changed when you and I give. And I love the fact that Lake Point Church, Lake Point Church is in a position, uh, just God has put us in a great position. And he has is, he is, um, given us an opportunity to be here in Emerson. We have 20 acres of land we're purchasing. We have uh, the favor of God in our schools at Lake Point Sports. Lots of great things are happening. And there's, and, and, and there's incredible things coming. As I talk to developers, there's lots of things coming. And we are going to grow just even if we don't do anything. People are going to find us, and we are going to grow and as people move in, and as this, this community changes, because it's going to change. And we hold the people's hand that are here right now, and we also hold the people's hands of the people that are coming. So we play an important role in that. And so your giving will help with that. But as we grow, we're going to need, we're going to need uh, you know, more resources to, to make an impact. Let me just give you for an example. Example, our student minister... Joe Salvatore, he was our worship host today. Joe, Joe's doing a great job with our students. Our, our, our students, they love him, and, and he's, he, he, he takes time. He uh, text, sends text messages to the kids and just helps them make sure they're growing in Christ. He does a great job. Can I tell you something? Can you imagine if Joe Salvatore was full-time at our church? Now, I'm full-time at a church at Lake Point. And our business administrator, uh, Megan, is, uh, is full-time. And we have some other staff members who, are, I'm not sure if you can really call them even part-time, but your giving, your resources helps to compensate them. They do a great job. We have an incredible staff. Lots of unity, lots of love. We're heading in, in the right direction. But just imagine, if you, if you just take, for example, just one of the staff members, uh, Joe, if he was full-time, imagine the, the impact that he can make with our students in this community. Students who are confused about their identity, and they got to understand that they are made in the image of God, and they are made to worship him and to live their life for him. He's, he was, he's able to build relationship with kids, go to lunch with them at school, and um, meet their, their, um, their coaches and the players on their sports teams and be a part of their lives on many different levels and, and to uh, work alongside parents um, in, in a deeper way to where they, he's able to have a, a personal discipleship plan for each kid. He wants to do that now. 
But he can't do all of that because he has a jo- another job. He has a beautiful wife, two beautiful girls, a family man. But imagine the impact that Joe can make. And that's just one staff guy. Imagine the impact that someone like Joe will make when he is full-time. And I, I believe one day we're, we're going to start bringing on more of those staff positions to where they're able to make a huge impact in our community. They're already making one, but it's going to be even bitter, bigger and deeper. And so as you and I give faithfully to the Lord, if, if everybody listening online and, and, and everyone sitting here today, if all of us faithfully gave 10% of what God has given to us, people like Joe come on board, make an impact full-time. Joe didn't know I was going to say this. Wouldn't plan. Love you, Joe. You know? But imagine the impact this church would continue to make. So I want to encourage you to be generous. Be generous to the Lord. And know this, that your generosity is not all about, you know, building a you know, a building or land or bringing this up. It, it, it's about getting to the hearts of people, meeting them right where they are so they understand who their Savior is and that he loves them so very much. You know, you're giving to the church. It's not about growing the church. It's more about growing you. It's more about growing you. Growing in your faith your trust, it's helping you to be rich, not get rich, and to put your finances in perspective, and to put your finances on the right track, and it really makes, when you and I give 10%, it really makes your money holy, it does, I've learned that over the years, you know, it makes your money holy, what you, what you want to do with your money, you're like, hmm, no, I don't, I don't need to do that. That's not going to bring honor and glory to God because my money's holy because I've given 10% of that to the altar as an offering. And so as you and I are trying to raise kids not to get rich but to be rich, you're able to show them now to give faithfully to that. You know, there's lots of ways you can give to the give to uh, Lake Point Church, and I've even challenged people to this, and I still stand on this. You want to test God? You want to test God with 10%. Then you do this. You give 10%, you give to another church. I don't care. Give 10% and watch to see what God is doing in your, in your life, your heart, contentment, all of those things, trust. God's going to take care of Lake Point Church. It's not about growing Lake Point Church. It's about growing you. I hope you hear my heart. I hope you hear my heart, Lake Point Church, as your pastor. It's about growing you, growing in your faith, growing in your trust in him. It's not about getting rich. It's about being rich. And so, but if you choose to give to your church, there's lots of ways you can give through the app, through, I mean, you know, website, all kinds of things. And so, I just want to let you know that your goal of your family is not to make a living, but to make a life. And part of making a life 
is being rich, not getting rich. So let's stop telling our kids to get rich. Let's teach our kids to be rich. And then if you teach them that lesson, and this is in 1 Timothy, we just read it, it's going to help them stay away from temptations, destructions, not all temptations. Temptations are always gonna be there. But there's gonna be even more temptations if you're trying to get rich. But it's gonna shield them from temptation. It's gonna shield them from, from straying away from their faith. It's amazing how all that is connected. And so this passage gives us the blueprint for being rich, not getting rich. So as we close out this series, and we talked about finances, um, it's not about the money in your account, it's about how you account for your money. What are you doing with it? If you're a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, you can't help but give. You can't help but give to the Lord and his kingdom and his work.